Welcome to Technado. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Technado. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Sophie Goodwin. I'm going to be attempting to work my way through the material we've got here today, and just pray for me. We have uh, Mr. Daniel Lowry here with us. He's already losing his mind. Oh, yeah. You, well, you all know Daniel. You know and love him. Yeah. Well, I don't know about all that, but uh, yeah. they probably know me, but I don't know about the love part. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. And uh, you may have noticed, stepping in for Don today, we have Ronnie Wong. Ronnie, how are you? Uh, all right. This is not fair because y'all just kind of grabbed me and said, hey, sit down. Yeah. We so, did do that. Shut your mouth and do what we tell you, Ronnie Wong. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's exactly what happened. He's not exaggerating. Yeah. So, hey, hey you. He was. I've never seen someone so scared of getting hit in my life. <laughs> well, he's here now. So. By Sophia, by am, the way. She I'm, was the one. I am 100% happy to be here. Help me. The door's locked. <laughs> What's the blink code? <laughs> the doors are locked. There's no escaping. That's so right. we'll, Crap, it is locked. We'll go, yeah. we'll go ahead and jump on into this before we get too, too off the rails. Yeah. We're just going to jump right into our tech news that we've got for this week. This first article, I'm going to need some help uh, deciphering. This comes from... Anand Tech? Is that how that's pronounced? I've, this, sure. This is new to me. Judges? And, uh, Judges will allow it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's titled, Intel builds on USB 4 version 2 for 120 gigabits next generation Thunderbolt. Gigabit per second next generation Thunderbolt. So the only note I have on this is that apparently 120 gigabit per second equates to 900 gigabytes per minute, which to mm-hmm. me sounds like... Too, I don't know if you could say too much, but a lot. <laughs> too much. Yeah. It's probably never too much to have yeah. more speed. Speed good. Yeah, speed is always good when it comes to computing, at least for what we do, because everybody wants everything instantaneously. So, of course, through the entirety of USB, we've kind of dealt with those things. When they first came out, it kind of felt really fast, but it was only like 11 megabits. Mm-hmm. Now, compared to this, right, you said 900 Gigab- gigabits, gigabytes, a gigabytes I mean, per minute, gigabytes yeah. per minute, gigabytes right? Per minute, yeah. uh, Eleven megabits would probably be like, like, point three <laughs> uh, <laughs> megabytes per minute, yeah. whatever it is, right? So, I mean, the speeds have actually increased here, but they're actually saying like a hundred and twenty to nine hundred gigabytes per minute. That is that terabyte limit, right? That not limit, but approaching those speeds. That's when you're saying, hey, we can transfer something from this device to this device. A terabyte, a terabyte of it, in a minute—that's really fast. I mean, that's it's insanely fast. That is super fast. It, it's probably going to change the landscape when it comes to things like backups, right? right. Um, editing, doing streaming, this, that, and the other other peripherals that could use that speed. Now, I will say this, right? Mm-hmm. Not like a hardware dude, yeah. right? Like <laughs> it's been a long time since I gave two whatevers about you know cpus and throughputs and all this mm-hmm. the only time it really affects me is the you know the why do i care for daniel is so you're telling me i can back up my plex server a whole lot faster exactly right yeah. that that's that's putting some wheels on this ronnie yeah <laughs> i mean yeah if you have a terabyte of you know your your plex server yeah which i'm assuming that you may I think, uh, I think we know somebody that has like six or seven yeah. terabytes. I mean, six or seven terabytes. Imagine backing something like that up in less than 10 minutes. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of speed when it comes down to it. So for us, the, the thing that we don't know, which is what everybody always assumes, is when we have some type of technology like this, we go and buy a device that says rated for whatever this is going to be in the future, right? We go and buy it. We plug it into our computer that's now five years old. And then we get the same speeds that yeah. we thought we were going to. Yeah. Know, we're like, hey, this is, should be much faster. And it's probably a little bit faster, 
but overall though right because it'll it, w- it probably won't ramp down as hard as it normally would have with the same yeah. technologies mm-hmm. the new technology will allow it to run at full you know yeah. really stretch your legs yeah it, it might give some new performance but probably somebody unless they already have the usb4 version 2 on their laptop or on their machines they're probably not going to really experience that speed. Well, even if they okay. did have like full USB four version, yeah. whatever the heck is going on, right? They they got a crazy name naming system going <laughs> on with this thing, from what I could read in the article. But even if you do have like everything is you know USB four V two, you still might not even see full speed right. all the time. It might start that way and then throttle down or whatever the case is, right? I, we yeah. typically see that. Yeah, and that all that stuff can depend on different cables, the quality of the cable, uh, other things that are going on right. in the machine at the same time. If you're watching the Plex server as you're backing it up, <laughs> you know, you're watching for the... <laughs> as I do. <laughs> you do. Uh, you know, you get the idea. But yeah. if you're doing something else in the background, but the I comparison... Six if remote viewers. Yeah. <laughs> six remote viewers going on at the same time. Yeah, but when we start taking a look at it, they have a nice little graphic here that shows like... Uh, it, uh, it's kind of funny. I, I know you can't see yeah. it up from my screen here. But Describe the, it, Ronnie. Well, you see the USB two, which is what I was talking about. It's like a sliver, like like we literally took a pencil mark and drew it like that. Like here's that's the your bar graph, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you go all the way to the the Thunderbolt four, which is what we would consider like super fast. And that was probably more like the uh, about an inch or so. Okay, yeah. but then you go to the next generation Thunderbolt, which is what they're calling this. It's it's like double that, you know. What I mean, so that was the other thing about yeah. the article, though, right? They are calling this Thunderbolt, or they're saying it's compatible, or like, yeah, is that what's going on? There was something Next about the term Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt right? yeah. It is something about Thunderbolt, and but they're that's because that's kind of been. I think they said like they're giving it over, or Intel's kind of making that more of a standard uh, than what they were, you know, than keeping it uh, inside. But same time, their logoing system that you'll see is still confusing as crazy. Yes. So Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't seem to matter. So, you know, like here's a packaging logo, which looks really nice. And then you got the port logo, which is going to be on every port. And then it's like USB Type-C cable logos. All those are different. So you right, don't really like know. Right, because the wattage that yeah, they handle, wattage. right? Yeah. Yep. So now that also gives you that difference, right? Do you have enough wattage in that cable to transfer what you need to, or did you get the wrong cable? Question. Yeah. Any of y'all wondering why I don't really care about <laughs> hardware at this point in time? Like, this is not... Yeah. I, who? I mean, I get y'all out there, whatever, float your boat, man. That's yeah. cool. I just don't get it. Like, why this is interesting, other than the fact that we get wicked fast speeds. Like, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. But knowing the difference between... Wes is really kind of into mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, right? right? Where he's... He's very good at looking at specifications, memorizing specifications, knowing the difference and why, like the pros and cons of using one versus the other, right. and so on and so forth. It's just like, for me, a lot of this stuff is very pragmatic. I'm just one of those average everyday users mm-hmm. that say, I, I'll plug in thing, thing work. Yeah. I like thing. You're great. You, uh, yes. You're one of, of you know, it's <laughs> Your just, average everyday user. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, but most people, they're used to getting stuff just about instantaneously, yeah. right? And so one of the drawbacks, of course, if you've ever tried to download a video yeah. or something, you know, like, all right, I'm just waiting for it to, to do that. Well, this kind of removes a lot of that, especially if they're smaller files, right? You're just getting it almost instantaneously anyways. You think people will so, run out and buy a new laptop as soon as this drops out? Like, uh, some people portion? will. No, or, yeah. no. Uh, of course, in, like anything, right? Early adopters will love this stuff, and then and it'll they'll try in a break. Yeah. Uh, the first generation always tends yeah, to be... Always garbage. Yeah, always kind of garbagey. <laughs> so. I just remember, I used to work in an apartment complex, and our internet was not great, because mm-hmm. it's a college apartment complex, and you know what are you going to do? But I remember it was a huge 
huge deal when we switched providers and the buzzword we were told to use, like given tours and stuff, was we have gigabit internet now. Oh. And it was a oh, yeah. big deal. And that was just one. It yeah. was just one gigabit. And yeah. now this is like, oh, yeah, 120 gigabit, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be the new normal. So. Yeah. It's to me, I'm like, that's the last time I thought about gigabit internet was when I had to push it on tours. And yeah. that was the standard at the time. Yeah, that the, was just a few years ago. The weirdest thing about hardware, right? Even if this comes out, we probably aren't going to experience it that way mm-hmm. of saying, wow, this is a lot faster. But if we ever go back to an old system and we try mm-hmm. and plug the same that's thing in, we feel that's like. when you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my gosh! What's what wrong is with this Stone Age garbage? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, but that's when this we last when year's we really MacBook, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah it's a 2021 MacBook. You mean a yeah. rock with a screen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, overall, yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't doubt that. So. <laughs> well, speaking of big changes, uh, I'm going to go ahead and move on from this. Sure, this is, <laughs> well, this we'll, be here, like we'll be here all day. Riveting you? To this, the, oh, truly, it was. <laughs> I was uh, nearly in tears. Uh, of happiness but this this next one is uh it's from tom's hardware uh it says microsoft will end sale of windows 10 licenses to consumers this month so uh i, I looked because like at first i was like what it's just done windows 10 is just obsolete it's not i'm just i'm an idiot and i didn't register it properly at first so starting at, at least january 31st so i guess it would be next week uh it's not going to be available for download but they're still going to offer security updates for like another two years i think and then you're screwed from what I understand, if you're running Windows 10. Well, so you got it. Man, next article. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that sounds like it was like the big scare, right? When there's like, hey, here's a new operating system, and it's gonna, you know, you're only gonna have this much support. And what we find out is Microsoft willingly says, all right, we're gonna do that, but for businesses that have this fully deployed, it's probably gonna be years and years of yeah. updates, and then they'll they'll fade it out at some point. But saying retail, they're not pushing it any longer. Uh, and so there, it becomes that problem, right, that you have uh, when it comes down to the sale of an operating system. Do people actually go to the site and buy it? Most people probably buy a laptop, and, and whatever's on it is up. on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's probably not such a big deal for most people. Uh, and yeah, and well, if you plus, have what's going to happen? Yeah. Let's say let's say you went out today, you went to Best Buy or wherever, and you bought a, you bought a new laptop and it had Windows 10 on it, mm-hmm. and you open it up and you log in for the first time. What's the first thing it's going to ask you to do, Ronnie? <laughs> Update to Windows 11, and you're going to go, okay, (laughs) click, and then you're on Windows 11. So like you said, this doesn't really – there's probably not a ton of consumers out there like, i got to have my Windows 10 or I'm going to start a couch fire. You know, know, that's just probably not the majority of people out there. So, But normally what this does signify is the beginning of the end to support even into those enterprise worlds, Mm -hmm. right, where it's like, hey – Writing's on the wall. I'm going to get your users that are out there. Yep. They're, they're going to be using Windows 10 at home anymore. They're going to be on Windows 11. And when they come here, that's what they're going to expect. And as they always do, to kind of force that issue, right. really, when a friend here <laughs> is change everything, right, to where you're going, <laughs> oh, where? And then people get used to where it is in Windows 11, and they come back to it, and they go to work, and they're on Windows right. 10 like, son of a motherless donkey. Yeah. Uh, where <laughs> is the stupid start button? I don't know where it is now. And this is kind of how things go. And it always has been this way with with uh, Windows. Yeah, for, for most companies, uh, I think you're right. I think it's just an announcement to them that, hey, start to realize we're pushing this, uh, you know, through retail first, but you're changing. Yeah, you're going to change. You're going to adopt. Microsoft didn't get them billions by <laughs> sitting on old, uh, sitting on their, you know, laurels and going, yeah, Windows 10 is amazing. It doesn't need to be updated. It's awesome. Right? It's, no, we need to make a new product so that, A, 
you know, there's new features mm-hmm. and stuff that come out. We want to support that. Sure. So there is that side of things. But they also want to make a profit, right? They right. also want to go, all those people that are our mm-hmm. uh, customers at this point, I would like to reach back into their pocket and get another 10 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that, but that's, that's the business model. So expect yeah. this to never end. Yeah, this one is not for most people that are like what you said here. Homes or probably doesn't really even matter to them. They turn on the machine one day and like, oh, the background's different. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> you Sophia, you're I mean, running Windows 10 or 11 right now. Good question. I don't know. I, I've had this machine for a few years. Um, you can't just look at it and tell. No. Are you uh, kidding me? You think I have that kind of knowledge? No. Next no. year you will. I guarantee. I'm, by this time next year, that one is a like, Windows oh, 10 blah, blah, blah. machine. So, so you're you go. He knows. 10. He knows. Are we doing Windows 11 deployment here? Uh, I I don't know if that will be mm. pushed oh. out to the Windows. See, we are uh, so this people. is relevant. I would assume that. Oh, look yeah, at that. Yeah, that it, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Uh, at some point, but I don't know when that is. You know, like anything else, right? A business works on life cycles rather than on hey, this guy's saying it's ending. Yeah. Like in the next few, you know, uh, weeks. Isn't or it so weird how like inertia sets in on like. L- the larger your organization mm-hmm. is, the more inertia you have. I yeah. guess that makes sense. It's like mm-hmm. a giant boat or whatever. Right. Right. It's hard to get it to move. And once it's moving, it's hard to get it to stop. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You think of those cruise ships and they tell you, oh, it takes actually two miles to make a turn oh, yeah. in a 180 direction. It's like, that's a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's insane. And it's the same thing with these businesses. Right. And that's why they have to start piecemealing things out. They can't just go out and cut the spigot off to them one day and go, we no longer support Windows 10. You better upgrade. There would be like mass hysteria like it would be like the purge over mm-hmm. <laughs> over they cut off our windows dan yeah <laughs> like why are we shooting people in the streets over there now having said uh, that we do know that on social media there will be a large outcry oh, yeah. you know always. like there always is yeah like hey there's no doubt they're taking away my windows 10 i'll never love another operating system you know time yeah, to cancel microsoft i will say man <laughs> i did love me some windows xp there you, yeah and it was t- it was a tough sell because we went to vista after that huh? Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh. yeah. And then Windows 7 came out. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's not bad. And Windows 7 was a really good operating system. Then we had Windows 8 and 8.1, and which yeah. was great if you were on the tablet stuff. And then, you know, Windows 10 came out. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not, right. So they always tend to, I guess, is Windows 11 that in between, like, like eh. It well, seems to be all right. I'm yeah. running at home. Yeah. It d- seems to be all right. Yeah. Depending on, on, you know, who works with it. Like for me, the first time I saw it, I was like, it almost looks like my MacBook as far as the, the Oh, yeah, the user goes. interface, yes. Yeah. It's, so, mo- it's a lot more similar to that. A lot more similar to that than it is anything else. So uh, I was like, that looks like a welcome change to me, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it may not be to people that love that little start button in the lower left-hand corner. <laughs> they do indeed. Hmm. They do. So RIP to Windows 10, and I am apparently running Windows 10, so RIP to me. Yeah, and I'm, it's on life support. That's right. New information to me. It's not dead yet. It's you got to understand, support. every village needs its idiot, and I am that idiot. So I'm just <laughs> filling a role. That's all I'm here for. So that's And that's why I have you here. It's all right. You'll, yeah, you'll be swept up in the change. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. You've got to explain things. So we're going to move on. Uh, keeping with the theme of Microsoft, though, uh, I feel like we've been seeing a lot of this, especially in the last week or two, a lot of um, tech giants dealing with these these layoffs and everything. It says, Microsoft has laid off entire teams behind virtual, mixed reality, and HoloLens. This is from windowscentral.com. Uh, I, I guess this is not... I didn't realize they had entire teams dedicated to these things. Yeah. I didn't know that it was that... I mean, VR, to me, is just in the background. Mm-hmm. It's like my brother uses it to play games. Right. And it's like, is it that big of a deal? Is it really the future? Evidently not. Yeah. <laughs> they just been, lost all... It's been like... 
threatening to be the future for quite yeah. some yeah. time now. Yeah. <laughs> the metaverse. If you don't join, right. you will be left behind. It's like, eh, is that true? Yeah. Really? So so to talk about how big of a deal that this could could have been, because obviously it's not that big of a deal now. But at one time they literally bought whole companies. That's that's all they did was VR and there wasn't a market for it then. So Microsoft actually they're like, we're buying into the future. We're buying these gigantic, you know, what we believe is going to be the future and now they're taking those companies and they're essentially you know getting rid of them the entire <laughs> the entire companies that were there are now kind of gone so as i read this article yeah. i was like this seems like an episode of silicon valley to yeah. me like <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's literally that kind of thing where it's like microsoft giant corporation bought up smaller corporations because they had cool tech they tried to develop it didn't really go anywhere so now we're just going to lay everybody off and you know yeah. sell all everything off and Make whatever kind of you know return we can on our investment and moving on, right? Like, and unfortunately, that there's people involved mm-hmm. like, that they had some cool right. thing going on, and now they're just left holding the bag, going, I guess I'll go try to employ these skills somewhere else, which you've devalued by, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, now that you, your parent company has essentially said we're laying off, well, just about every company that deals with this, right? Yeah. Uh, virtual reality, mixed reality, Hololens, right. their particular tool that they were like, we're pushing this wholeheartedly, and now it's completely gone. It really does devalue the entire sector, just about. Mm-hmm. And so, even smaller companies that are out there trying to do this, now they have to figure out like, there's no big company that says we're going this way. How do they start to market that or try and push themselves back up? Are they going to head down the same kind of, you know, uh, thing that's happening here at Microsoft? So. Uh, in this one, uh, when, when it comes down to it, it is. It's kind of sad news because we we are in this weird economy where people are having to, or companies are doing these this type of correction yeah. for their business to make sure it survives. But at the same time, when somebody says we're nixing an entire sector, it is like cutting off an, an appendage, an arm, saying we believe that this arm is okay, but now we we don't think it's uh, going to really do anything. So, so my question gun. becomes, all right, you know, this is, you know, sad day at Microsoft. They mm-hmm. laid off a bunch of people and they're no longer developing this technology. Let's kind of, let's kind of move this into the more practical sphere. Uh, show of hands, how many people have used VR in the room? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've all experienced mm-hmm. VR. What was your impression of it? So, Sophia, like, did you like it? You think it was cool? Like, it, the novelty was cool for about five minutes, and okay. then I started to get a headache, and so oh. I took off the headset because I okay. didn't want to do it anymore. All right. And Ronnie, what was your uh, The headset was heavy, okay, and I actually was able to play a game in it, which was kind of a neat game, mm-hmm. uh, where I was trying to shoot aliens that were invading whatever plane that I was on. Yes. Uh, I've played this game. Yeah, it's very but entertaining. I found out after a few minutes, once it starts to lose a calibration or something, your gun is not firing in the direction you think it's firing in. <laughs> and so there I am I'm like the whole time, and then you know I'm dying every five seconds or whatever's happening there. But um, I really found it uh, that was the only you know aspect of it, and I can't find any real practical uh, use to it besides gaming. Yeah, obviously gaming yeah. seems to be like, at least in my estimation, mm-hmm. maybe yours as well, yeah. Sophia, if you mm-hmm. agree to that, uh, seems to be the best application of it. like to see... Uh, it would be. I think it would be cool to have like virtual movie theaters, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. To me, that would be cool, which you can kind of do. They they do have that uh, available. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. I, I found it to be very compelling mm-hmm. technology. It surprises me that it has come. How like it came out in the early nineties? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did not yes. Know that. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's how long VR has been around. To be fair. 
I wasn't alive. Right. You weren't even alive. But I did when not this know stuff was what developed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. No, I, I start thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, that was 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. And I'm not. That's yeah, what's I'm, up, bro. And <laughs> it's like, why is it so difficult? Obviously, it's a, it's a difficult problem. Right. Right. Yeah. You would think that, and this just goes to show if if a company like Microsoft has a trouble. Yeah. And and I don't know if this was due to the finding something or just the lack of interest or the lack of the ability or maybe a combination of all the components that are just uh, seem to be conspiring against VR. Yeah. Mm. But man, I would love to see one day where this is a light headset, maybe a pair of glasses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With haptic gloves or whatever for controllers. I would love to see this technology take off and become really practical for the everyday person. Price points come down where everybody can have a set of VR because the, the the bit I've messed with it, it is cool as hell. Yeah. But it just doesn't yeah. seem to be getting there where we where we're just like, I have to have VR in my life. Yeah. And, a lot of potential. And also the the yeah. price point to having to buy new gear and stuff to to make sure, you know, it works. So remember when they did that with the phones where you could like mm-hmm. the Google yeah, yeah. what was it? The Google, the Google Glass. Car- yeah, yeah. There was Google Glass yeah. but there was Google Cardboard. Yeah, Cardboard and stuff like that. You, you built it out of Cardboard. Hmm. Yeah. They gave you plans. You downloaded it from the internet, and you could build, build these set of glasses, slide your phone in, and you had a VR headset yeah, with and, your phone. And huh. and even then, right, pe- some people would do it, but yeah. it didn't seem to actually make much of an, a splash at that point. Kind of lets you know, like, yeah. maybe it's not. Because you, you got this big, giant rig on your head. Yeah. <laughs> you either made a cardboard or manufactured, you know, and you... <laughs> You're like, I guess I'm doing this in my room because I, I feel silly. Maybe that's been the whole hitching yeah. its giddy up. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All right. Well, now that I've I have a new, new I kind of renewed interest in VR now because yeah. I only ever used it for gaming. Watch and Lawnmower Man. It hurt my head, and I just <laughs> I just gave one. up after that. It was like I put yeah. the on. I was like, this is uncomfortable, and I took it off because you know. When hard things come along, yeah. I give up. I quit. So okay. nice. I'll, I'll, I'll give it another try. But uh, for now, it looks like maybe Microsoft's taking a, a step back from that. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that. But we're going to go ahead and take a break here. And we will return in just a few short minutes with more Technado. My name is Dana Morrison. I'm the IT director at Grace Christian School in Raleigh, North Carolina. I work with two technicians, Buddha and Anthony. We cover all grades at the school. We figure that we support approximately 800 end-user devices. My name is Buddha Nepal. I work as IT support here and AV specialist. I moved into IT department and and on our first meeting, other team members asked me, hey, what's your IT background? And I was like, I don't have any. We have this SharePoint project that we're rolling out. So I was able to go to IT Pro TV and um, watch. And, by the end of this month, we were actually migrating all our files to SharePoint. I can use IT Pro TV's uh, supervisor portal to check the progress of my technicians so I can see what they're looking at. So when we were doing SharePoint training, I can go in and I can see that Buddha is hitting on that content. I really want to see hands-on how they do things. And if there was an IT Pro TV, I don't know how I would have done that. IT Pro TV has given us the ability to level up our technicians to a point where they can decide this is important for me to learn and go out and learn. At home I have Apple TV and there is an app there and so I actually watch on Apple TV. I, I watch it in my iPad too. Saturday mornings I still get up early, 6.30 I go grab a cup of coffee, I sit down on the couch and I typically watch two or three episodes uh, as I just kind of 
increase my own learning skill set. I would recommend IT Pro TV uh, to any IT team that is looking to extend their knowledge. Uh, it offers a great, easy to access, interactive, entertaining uh, environment. It's just a great tool uh, for any IT professional. IT pros who want to learn on the go? The IT Pro TV Android app is for you. Now it's better than ever with the dashboard view built in. Easily resume viewing, see new courses as they're added, and track your hours viewed. Start up your next episode with the touch of a button to binge watch on the go. Track your progress at a glance, and download episodes as an annual member for offline viewing. Access all IT Pro TV courses with a simple button. Choose landscape mode for larger viewing. Choose your course by category, certification, or job role. Watch anywhere and pick up later on your favorite devices. So head to the App Store and download the IT Pro TV app. Hey, welcome back for more TechNado. I know you probably missed us, but that's okay because we're right here. We never actually left. We were waiting on you. We've got a couple of segments that we're going to do. I'm, I'm still relatively new to this, so just be patient with me while I'm figuring things out. They gave me a new machine to work with, and um, I'm not good with machines. So we'll see what happens. On, on a technology podcast. On a, yes, yeah. That's why I'm here. Okay. I'm I'm the um, you're the, uh, the control group. Right, you're the irony. So that I'm, I'm here to make room. you guys look smarter. You're the that's irony why. in the room. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's the only reason I'm here. All right. So this first one uh, is, is about things that don't make sense. I don't need to explain it. It's it's don't make no sense. What you talking about, Willis? They're letting I think me you press. should do it one more time. They're letting me press buttons now. You think? Maybe. Oh, there he goes. You he stopped. Love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You love it so much. That is a that's my that is so pressed it again. That's yeah. just so creative. Is, is it just going to happen through the whole time? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. know. Right. They told me to press a button. So, button yeah, done. So this one is from Ars Technica. It says 300 plus models of MSI motherboards have secure boot turned off. Is yours affected? Love that. I hope headline. So. Love that. So can you kind of explain to me what this is? Because I was reading through your article and I'm like, what's the point of having it if it's turned off by default? That's probably the point. <laughs> 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 yeah. So at, at some point uh, on these 300 different motherboards, when they decided to go ahead and implement the software in their motherboards, they're like, you know, it'd be a great feature to turn off by default. Security. Security. <laughs> of, of all the times to do it, it's these 300 that they decided that. So it's, it's not that it's unsecure. It just happens to be the default. You can turn it back on and... And it, it seems to work fine. Is it difficult to, to enable, Ronnie? Mm, uh, it may be uh, okay. for all that we know, but I don't think so. I okay. think it's probably fairly easy. You kind of reboot, and then when it tells, hey, you want to enter setup, you hit that button, it whatever. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. So this has always been a problem in security, right? right? It's like there are security features all throughout our product, whether it be a software or hardware solution, whatever the case is. And you can tell all the amazing, crazy security things this thing can do, right? And they <laughs> then they go... Hey, we got breached, and we use your your stuff. And there's, I thought you said there's security. Well, yeah. You, did you turn it on? Yeah. Did you turn it on? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Did I turn it on? No, I doesn't it's do that stuff by device. default. Yeah, it's a security device. Oh no, 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 no. See, we let you make those decisions. 
And you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all that, that onus is on you, good sir or good ma'am, <laughs> to go in and find the correct security configuration yeah. for your. Now, there is a, a modicum of truth to that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if if you buy something, if you are in charge of something, the onus is on you to right. verify. Right. No this, doubt. Because the opposite can be true. Let's say that all those security things should be turned on mm-hmm. by default. And for whatever reason, they're not. How do you know whether they are or they aren't? Well, it should be up to you to go and check and make sure that those things are done. Now, you can uh, ask for help to do that. Usually, the companies that you purchase from will go, hey, we'll offer a consultant to come in and help you configure the thing, tune it just right for your environment. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, we are talking about motherboards that go in laptops and stuff that are probably going to end up on you know, a consumer's desk, mm-hmm. which is honestly probably one of, the, one of the places where it would be most useful. Right. Because they so don't know anything. They have like... No, you know, I would say the, the vast majority of users out there just, mm-hmm. just have no concept of turning these things on. Sure. So mm-hmm. having it on by default is a good way to go. But these are finding them their way into enterprise mm-hmm. areas. This is where this gets really stinking dangerous, right? It, it really does. <clears throat> One, because it, it shows you something about you know their implementation or their deployment right. is that they're not checking these features or, you know, or, or they're not at least looking at them. They're just like, I'll just put an operating system on it and run it and let it go when they should be going through whatever checklist that they are having to do before they implement it and do everything else here. But most of the time, that's probably the reason why a lot of companies that are buying laptops, they buy them from one vendor, you know, one particular place that they know how these features work and they do all the things that they need to before they put them into to use. But every once in a while you'll see it's like, oh, that's a great deal I can get an additional 25 laptops or 25 desktops for what I used to have to pay for, you know, whatever, you know. So so I can see people kind of knocking the corners off a little bit, but then they end up with something like this. So I think it's kind of funny here when it's secure boot, but yet it is off by default when you're saying it's a boot. When you first boot it up, it's supposed to be there. Speaking of funny things mm-hmm. about this specific topic, at when I'm teaching security, mm-hmm. right, uh, we're we're doing whatever show. There's always something about why why is security a problem. Yes, right? yeah, yes. We every single show I've done with you, there has been even specifically to this degree of yes. there is a, a different provider of something, whether it's AWS or whatever, mm-hmm. where the defaults were not secure, <laughs> and people would have issues with it, and then be like, "Well, it's because AWS isn't secure," and do they'd you, be like, "Well, you didn't turn it on." Do you remember why I said that that is a thing? Yeah. Do you remember my my analogy to this? I, I equate it to a scale. Oh, because the easier it is to use, the less secure it is. And yeah. The more Usually, secure it is. Yeah. Usually. Availability. It's, it's, not, it's not a hard and fast rule, but generally that tends to be mm-hmm. true, right? This from MSI right here. You ready? We <laughs> quote, yeah. we preemptively set secure boot, uh, secure boot to enabled and always execute as the default setting to offer a user-friendly environment that allows multiple end users flexibility to build their PCs with thousands or more of components that included built-in option ROM, including OS mm-hmm. images, so on and so forth. They went with ease of use. Right. Because people like ease of use. Mm-hmm. They do not like security, right? Now, MSI, maybe their target audience is a little more adept mm-hmm. at IT, Right, that's kind of their thing. They're technologically savvy, yeah. and so that maybe makes a little more sense. Just out of the gate, they know it's going to be, you know, not enabled as a function. But then there's always the naysayers. <laughs> there, you'll never win this fight, honestly. Right? right? If I'm if I'm a tech savvy person and I'm like, yeah, cool, send me that MSI laptop. It's going to be awesome. 
or send me that MSI motherboard. It's going to be awesome. I'm making my own build. The first thing I'm doing is getting into the BIOS to set certain things. I'm right. going to see the secure boot. I keep saying boot. Yeah. Secure boot is in it's like a it's like a tongue twister to me. <laughs> is not enabled by default and I'm going to enable it, right? After mm-hmm. I install my operating system and do all the things I need to do, I'm going to be like, "Cool. Now I'm done. I can enable secure boot." Maybe that was their mindset. And yeah. that is a valid point. Mm-hmm. If if it was like, "Hey, if you're not doing that, you need to know that this is not enabled. You need to enable this. Here's the steps to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So there are ways that they could have helped. And I'm sure I can hear Don now tell me I'm stupid. Right? <laughs> uh, I just hear his voice in the back of my head. No, no, no. MSI is wrong and they should be burned at the stake. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. But I think that there is a use case for both of those things. It just depends. You, you never do a 100% correct solution. Uh, on these types of things. Yeah, it's like anything in security, right? It's whatever your best answer is right. at that point for your context of what you're doing. And companies, though, that tend to buy in bulk and try to, to put these things out, they should be running through a process that says, hey, let's turn these things on or turn these things off because we know what it does. And with today's advent of you know, using the uh, mobile device management stuff, you know, that can actually kind of secure all this stuff You know, when, when they put it on there check all these things you'd think it'd be easy enough but at the same time here on this one with 300 different models so yeah it's it's like they really just let's also talk about the attack vector here yeah right (laughs) how do you employ an attack against this motherboard ronnie yeah on this one you'd have to be there you have to have physical possession Mm -hmm. of the device right okay so that's probably you're already in like you know, Pooh Creek at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah the paddles are floating away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. That's that's kind of where you're at now. That would that be nice to have that extra added layer of security where they couldn't just go in and wipe your operating system out and resell your laptop? Yeah, that'd be that'd be mm-hmm. sweet. But you know, be be an informed consumer and and you know, organizations that are building things like MSI, mm-hmm. let people know like. Hey, there is security. It's not enabled. You need to go and enable that by default or just enable it by default and let them turn it off. If they're tech yeah. savvy, they know what to do anyway. Yeah. So there it is. The, the easiest solution here, and this is what Don would say, easiest solution is just turn the dang thing on. Let people do what they're going to do. If they don't do anything, at least it's secure by default. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the simple solution. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, the default, I, I would probably agree with him there is like turn it on. Right. And then let people turn it off if they have to do something. Mm-hmm. It gets them into the system to have to manually say, "I'm going to turn off security," instead of saying, "I'm going to try and turn it on," or you know, and forget it. So, we we kind of I think we have a story coming up about not being able to turn something off, uh-huh. right? So, <laughs> so it's just one of those things yeah. where it's like, well, which one's best? Yeah, nice job. But at some point here, that. yeah, I'm sure this is your first day. I know. <laughs> yeah, weird. you did that better than I did. <laughs> Yeah, so what speaking of, what this is, yeah, you, that was, you had a better segue than I did. Did I? Yeah. So, yeah, but you're, you are right. This next one is from NBC News. Uh, this is a whole different segment. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to need to describe it. You just, just listen to the noise. This is dough. How nice. How pleasant. Love those. Love that you guys have those little sound bites. That's fun. So this is about uh, a school in Massachusetts. The lights have been on for about a year and a half now. 7,000 lights. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) clearly. 7,000 lights in this building lit up around the clock because nobody can turn them off. Uh, It's 
was originally an initiative to save money and save energy. They installed this like and special like, timing system, and it did the opposite. It's costing taxpayers a bunch of money, and uh, so it, it did the exact opposite of what it was supposed to do. And yeah. I, I'm not really surprised. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of surprised that this was their their decision to to say you want to know how we're going to save money is we're going to actually have put everything under one management system. Well, it's and, automation. Yeah. Right? I, I get Yeah, automation, it should kind of turn on at the time you want it to. Right. Turn off the time that you want no it to. No one ever forgets to turn the light off because you don't have to. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Until, like, uh, a lightning hits and, you know, something burns out and now all of a sudden <laughs> that one circuit that nobody on well, the planet could a, find. This was a software cool. issue, right? Uh, yeah. According to I the believe article, so. it was yeah. a software issue. Uh, well, it, it doesn't. So the, the overall issue, right, is that they had this entire system right. implemented and it's like, oh, this should be great. And then somewhere it defaulted open when the software couldn't do it. Yeah. So, you know, is that a sensor? You know, is there something there? You know, right. I mean, I, I don't know if it's software or is it the whole system itself that's just. So yeah. it, it seemed like <clears throat> the software that runs the system mm-hmm. was closed, mm-hmm. right? They had no like uh, way to look into the system and, and give it any kind of commands or change mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. That was done by the provider. The provider, well, since it yeah. took so long, so it's not like they turned it on and the next week yeah. it, it freaked out. It took like a while yeah. before the software wigged out on them. And then by the time it did and they realized it because it was like a slow and steady mm-hmm. thing that was happening, at least according to the article. It's, right. That's what the article seems to mm-hmm. say. By the time they were like, oh, something's wrong, let's reach out to the vendor that installed it, that company had changed hands like five times. Right. Yeah. And now they're like, well, I don't know, you know, we, yeah. but you're like, you're my support. We'll see if we can find somebody that can help you. And even when they finally did find someone that was familiar with the system they were using, then they had to like order certain replacement parts and they got delayed yeah. and they were, COVID saying, they were saying it's because of the yeah. pandemic and yeah. the supply chain issues. And so it got delayed, I think like several months and then got delayed again and then they right. needed a different part. And so that's why I guess it's supposed to be. I think early this year that they're finally going to yeah, fix February. it. Yeah, February. Yeah. So it, but it, it this was it has been an issue since August 2021. So yeah. we're coming yeah. up now on year and a half later, yep. and they're finally yeah. hopefully, hopefully. going to fix fingers it. crossed. Yeah. And that's why I said I wasn't sure it was a software issue because they're talking about parts being delayed, it's both, being delivered. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a combination, yeah, probably of of some of those things where. Well, th- well, they were retrofitting the. They were trying to do. That, that's why they were talking about parts. It's not that yeah. things broke uh, parts wise. I don't think it's that they were like, we are going to rebuild you a new system. We're going to yeah. gut this thing out and put new stuff. Yeah, in. because they had talked about like it was what one point five or two point five million to try and replace the system. Yeah, for when a they full replacement for a full replacement yeah. of the system, one point two million. And then they decided, well, that's too much, so we're going to yeah. piecemeal this thing. And then try mm. and piecemeal. And then even at that point, they couldn't. There wasn't enough pieces on the planet or <laughs> right. whatever. So Jesus were unscrewing light bulbs to try to get yeah, around yeah. it. Like we can't use our projectors, so they're just unscrewing bulbs. I'm like, man, what how how Man, interesting must a, that have been? Give to me be, a hammer in an afternoon. To be, <laughs> to be a student yeah. in that school. You come home from school like, and Miss Johnson had to unscrew like eight light bulbs today. It was kind of a weird day. Like, how weird must that be for that yeah. to be yeah. their reality? This is one of those logic systems that, you know, it defaults to either closed or open. Yeah. Right? And this one just, for some reason, I guess it's, I, it's probably better that it defaults to open, right? You, you Depends, know. Yeah. right? Like, yeah. most systems you want them to, you want them to, like, fail closed. Right. Right. Yeah. That's Definitely. Right. Door locks. Right. It's stuff not like doing that. the thing. Right. Uh, door lock might be, but 
if people are in it. Yeah. You know, no, you don't want to. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing. So yeah. you have to make those decisions on based on their use case. But usually it's a fail close thing is, is usually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas failed open is like, oh, I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. Yeah. Uh, at least in security wise, it goes that way. Yeah. I, but this one, when it, when it failed open, it's like yeah. every single light fixture failed open and then closed yeah and then <laughs> closed yeah. off itself nope. to where it's, you couldn't do anything it's not even like it's just the external lights and every single light seven thousand or roughly seven thousand lights you, all on this system you got to enjoy the irony here that the whole reason that they put this system yeah. in place was to be like green and yeah, yeah. eco-friendly save money, save energy. yes yeah. and now they are just burning tax money. (laughs) I like how the guy was like, I don't think it's in the tens of thousands, probably the thousands per month uh, that we're going through. It's like, you have no hard data, A. You're just saying, I feel like it's not that much. Well, go get me a spreadsheet, buddy, and then we'll talk about what we feel like. (laughs) And B, like, that... You keep, all this stuff is getting manufactured in China. Like once we move stuff to you know manufacturing to China, it was just so much cheaper. But then the supply yeah. issue become a problem, <laughs> and now we can't get anything. It's like you see, you see how this works. Yeah, you yep. can't put all your eggs in one basket. Great. You have yep. to diversify, <laughs> so yeah. that if one stream dries up on you, you still got water. Yep. That's how things work in the real world, people. You know what they so, say. So yeah, we'll see in February because it sounds like that during the Christmas break they were, or you know, during they were their, promised more. They were yeah. promised that the the uh, the company that would fix it would actually fix it, and then they got called like the day, I think it was the day after the break yeah. or the day yeah. before the break. Like, uh, dude, we need to push this back out. Yeah, and like, wait a minute, what? We're, yeah. we're paying you. You can, you'd think that there would have been a service level I, agreement I can somewhere. See, yeah, I can see the uh, school board just being like. Hey, you, you will. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know what they say: best laid plans of mice and men often cost you thousands of dollars. What so. was the What was the scene from um, uh, Caddyshack Two? Right, <laughs> he's talking to the the power company. When do you think we're gonna get a turn? My power turn back on. Oh, it's hard to say. Is it hard to say? Is I don't know. There's a man in my house with a baseball bat. <laughs> Yeah, I could, could not have said it better myself. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll go ahead and end that segment here before we get too out of control. Yeah. Uh, this next segment, uh, this is a new one for me. This next segment is Who Got Pwned? Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah! Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> like I said, that's new for me. Uh, so this article is from The Verge. It says T-Mobile announces another data breach impacting uh. 37 million accounts. Now, Daniel told me mm-hmm. that this is T-Mobile's sixth breach in as many years. And uh, no no social security numbers yeah. or credit card info- information leaked or anything. Just just names and addresses and emails and phone numbers. You know, yeah. that's all. Just all yeah, that information. Uh, eight. Eight hacks disclosed since 2018. Eight. Wow! So yeah, at the end yeah. of the at the end of the article, oh, so that's insane. <laughs> yeah, but eight uh, actual hacks here. So no surprise for T-Mobile. Apparently, this it's almost it's like a regular. Day like, hey, yeah. <laughs> this is the new normal. Yeah. 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 How many people got exposed? Thirty-seven million. Eh. Well, I, I think that's like <laughs> that's the the scuttlebutt. You know, that's yeah. the water cooler talk right now. It's like, is is this because we see this happen a lot here lately? Where right. The company gets breached. Lots of information gets pwned. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even to the nth degree where it's totally catastrophic, such as Circle CI. Mm-hmm. You know, we see in the last pass here recently, all these. And now here's T-Mobile with 37 million accounts compromised. And they say, well, you know, security's hard. 
Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, it's Only hard. Give you credit where credit is due. Uh, it yeah. is absolutely hard. Uh, and you know, no, none of the real sensitive stuff was was breached that we know of yet. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> so due to our our investigation at this point, your passwords are safe. Your credit card numbers are safe. All the really, you know, bad stuff if they got their hands on it are safe. It's just personally identifiable information at this point mm-hmm. has been breached. You know, thirty-seven million. It wasn't nearly as bad as the forty-some odd million that we had last time this happened. So we're, we're getting doing better. better right? We're spending money to make this happen. So is this the new normal? Is it to where we should just expect that our companies are going to get breached? We're going to get a thing that says no really bad sensitive information was breached, and and, and should we accept that? As the new normal. Should we say that's good enough security and allow for T-Mobile to have eight hacks in six years, right? 2018, yeah. Five years. Yeah. Eight hacks in five years. Eight breaches in five years. How do you you remain a T-Mobile customer at that point? Yeah. Like, how, how do you have any confidence in them when they tell you that your password did not get breached? Yeah. Right? I don't know. Well, plus, if it's if that's, you know, acceptable, oh, well, it's okay. It was just, you know, my billing address or it was just my email that got leaked. And I'm, I don't really care about that. At what point does it, is it then the password? Like it, right. if, if that's okay and if that's not, if that stuff's not secured, then how do we know that passwords and things like that? And it, you obviously have an issue with doing security. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this is not your strong suit. So yeah. how do we know? So, yeah, how do we know? E- even as T-Mobile was saying, it's really only personally identifiable information. I, I think Sophie is right here. You know, the very fact is that t- this article is kind of keeps re- revealing more and more, right? Yeah. T-Mobile says it detected malicious activity on January 5th. The attacker had access uh, to the exploit API for over a month. Who knows right. what else they got? In that month, it might not be revealed right now, but you know there's a possibility that more stuff has been out there and for a while. Yeah, LastPass. Yeah, right? yeah. LastPass. Going. Circle CI. Right. They yeah. always go. A lot of confirmation. Uh, yeah. yeah. You no, know, they 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 found some source code. No big deal. Nothing got compromised. And then you know a short amount of time later, and they're like, so we're back to tell you a little update yeah. on what what's going on. It seems okay. that we were not. <laughs> fully aware of the extent of the problem and we were hacked again by the same so this was actually one big hack so we might see this with t-mobile maybe we won't but let's just say that the personally identifiable information was the extent of the breach yeah Mm -hmm. like that what they said was breached was what was breached Mm -hmm. no more no less have anybody heard of identity theft right yeah Mm -hmm. exactly right all these tax fraud wire fraud all the stuff that can be done by knowing somebody's personal information especially Identity theft, that specifically, yeah, that's is enough. extremely devastating to just individual people's lives. Right. Right? Let alone, you know, the uh, economy and, and just uh, communities at large. Right? The people themselves are like, do you know how hard it is to walk? I think you actually told me your mom had to go through this, right? She did. To but walk she, back uh, in identity theft? She found easy. the guy. She did. Yeah. She found him. Because she's... She was like, what's up? She, she's <laughs> smart in like a scary way. So, yeah. mom, if you're watching this, I, we fear you yeah. in a healthy, good, fun way. We admire you for your ability Respect. to... Yeah, to right. track people down the way <laughs> no you do. But it was still a very, like, just... A, if nothing else, it was so just like, oh, I have to deal with right. this. Like, even though it was... It, thank goodness it wasn't, like, super financially compromising for her. But it was just a pain in the butt right. like, to have to deal with this. Right. So. Regardless, let's say they start doing crimes in your name. Now, guess yeah. who they're coming for? Yeah, yeah. could have been a lot worse. Yeah, right. could have been a lot worse. 
So there you go. There's I think there's some implications that did you have something you want to say I didn't mean to cut you no, off? No, yeah, no, I just, I was just kind of looking at this as, you know, they're they're just announcing like in this filing, there have been currently no evidence that bad actor was able to breach or compromise our systems or our networks. I don't know how they can say that after they've got access into the data itself through the API. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, so. <laughs> were they, were they, well, they could have been pulling it from the API. I guess. API security yeah. is something that's on the rise. People are starting right. to understand. Like OWASP put out uh, the top 10 API attacks more. in yeah. 2019, but it hasn't updated since then. Oh. Okay. Right? So it's like, is this is APIs getting kind of the back burner and when it should be kind of going on the forefront? Yeah. Right, like we should be paying more attention because everything is connected through APIs at this point. Mm-hmm. And one of the big—I don't know if you're pulling up the OWASP top ten. I can, if you would. <laughs> right, I think one of the top ones, either the uh, second or third one, is the release of sensitive information. They're they're yeah. they're sending sensitive info in the clear text on the API. Mm-hmm. So all I got to do is intercept that. There it is. And there it is. Mm-hmm. I can see the stuff. Mm-hmm. I can make a call, and now it delivers me information that it shouldn't be delivering me. And I can see it, right? Yeah, it says I. Th- I think the it was updated in twenty twenty one in twenty seventeen though. The third no, no, no. is that the API one, the API one I thought came out in twenty nineteen. API hacks. Oh, I'm looking at the OWASP top ten here. Oh, so there's multiple OWASP top ten lists. You there's two listed at the here. Web application yes. one. Ah, uh, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I have this one bookmarked. That's why. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It did say it has something here about sensitive data exposure. Yeah, sensitive so. data exposure is a common theme when it comes to attacks because people want access to sensitive data. That's why they're hacking. So it's not uncommon to see that throughout the different top tens. It's just how and where those things are exposed and how often it occurs. Yeah. Did you it, find it? It does say the third one here is excessive data exposure. There you go. Yep. So there you go. He's got it memorized. Man. It's like I do nerd. this for a living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets paid to do this. So there you go. Uh, some interesting implications there with that with that article. So maybe check that out and you can scare yourself just like we yeah. just did. <laughs> uh, before we before we take off here, just want to remind you that Technado is brought to you by ACI Learning and IT Pro. So if you're listening from technado.com, you might see a large orange button that says sponsored by IT Pro. Ooh. That is true. You can click on that and it will take you to itpro.tv and give you some more information about that. That's what we do here. So if you want to see more of Dan, Ron, Don, and myself... You can go to that website and watch those courses. You can subscribe. I believe there is a discount code for that um, through the through the podcast. So you can click on that link uh, on technator.com and, and see more information there for a discount on the lifetime of your IT Pro subscription. Check that out for sure. And if this is not enough for you, if this is not enough free content for you, we also do webinars every so often. Uh, Dan and I do one every every other month or once, so. Once that month. is once a month. Okay, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's every that's other been month. Been the cadence, but now I think we're moving to. Every I think we're doing every other month because we're trying to interject some some other webinars, spice things up a little bit. But our next All Things Cybersecurity webinar, I believe, is March 16th, and that's going to be with Mike Saunders. So Ooh. you know those webinars, those are always mediocre. Dude. So you can oh, tune into those. You for a treat. Mike Saunders is coming on. That's all that's I got true. to say. That's right. And last week we just had a webinar about getting into IT with some of our other edutainers. Uh, Wes and Anthony, so check that out as well. And just kind of check back regularly to see what we've got going on here. We have so much to offer you, and we would just love it if you joined us. So I believe that's going to be about it, unless you have something you'd like to add. Okay. Stay oh, safe out there. They're very talkative today. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Daniel, for your help this week, because I, I struggle sometimes, and he keeps me on track. And thank you, Ronnie, for joining us and stepping in uh, to fill in for Dawn here. I think you did a good job. I think you did him justice. So I appreciate that. Weird, yeah. I do. <laughs> that's that's surprising. I admire your poise. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, of course, for joining us for another episode of Technado. We'll catch you next time.